Opening communications. Initializing Altarian frequency. Establishing connections. Designations. JRO. Dude Link connected. DJ. Dude Link connected. Scotty. Dude Link unavailable. Raven. Dude Link connected. Vixie. Dude Link connected. Kaiser. Dude Link connected. When I edit audio, before I do it, I noise mm -hmm, gate mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. and then I adjust the audio levels so that all of them are at negative 12 dB. So yeah. something that didn't get noise gated that may have been down around like negative 35 dB gets moved up to negative 12 dB. So I'm just sitting there listening, and something that should have been just like a quiet fart in the background, all of a sudden just like... <laughs> 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 and there was one where yeah. I was like, oh my god, I can almost smell it through the fucking sound. <laughs> I can almost smell it in my ears. <laughs> You're definitely going to get get some of that then. Ugh. Oh god, yeah. <sighs> what were we talking about, guys? <laughs> oh god. <sighs> the sound of the <sighs> horn letting people know that there's a iceberg over here. Welcome to BlizzCon and Chill, the final dude cast of 2019. Today we will be giving you our thoughts on what little we saw from BlizzCon and then moving on to recommend some awesome shows available through streaming for you to binge through the rest of the year while you're missing J-Rose's sweet, sweet voice. Go to facebook.com slash dudesfromalteria and or reddit.com slash r slash dudesfromalteria and give us a like or follow. I'm DJ and I've got J-Ro here with me. What's up? And Raven is sort of here but maybe on his starship. No, I'm not playing right now. Vixie's stealthing around somewhere. I'm a fox. <laughs> <laughs> and Kaiser is still mysterious. I saw dudes. That asshole Scotty hit the beaches early, because he's an asshole. Yeah, he did. It's not like 4 a.m. there. Shit, he's in Key West. I don't know what time it is there. Uh, it's three hours behind us. It's, so it's like midnight, so he's probably not on the beaches right now. <laughs> But it's the same exact time that it is when he's in Maryland. The fact is, he should be coming here to see us for Thanksgiving, and instead he went to Florida, and he's like hanging out on beaches and doing cool stuff, and he doesn't have to deal with winter. Like, what an asshole. The missus won. Yep. That's all. It was a paid-for trip. Somebody else paid for it, so how can you um, say I'd do that then, too. I'm not, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd be all over that. <laughs> I don't blame him. He's totally, like... I don't mean that like shit on he's stink. an asshole. He's not an asshole. I, I, all right. So our first cool. topic is BlizzCon. Did anybody actually watch BlizzCon? No. Well, I watched those videos you linked. I watched the opening ceremony. You've probably watched most uh, more than anybody else here combined. And then linked you videos of the best parts of opening ceremony. Uh, so how uh, how was it? Eh. Okay. Eh. That's it for BlizzCon. Moving on. So before the opening I'm ceremony, CEO, I can't remember the, his name, and I didn't write it down, and I'm not going to look it up. He opened with an apology for that Hong Kong goat fuck that they had last month. Ooh. Sounds like it hit them hard enough to have a problem, and now they're backtracking. Uh, not really, because the apology was kind of like half-hearted. So he apologized that Blizzard 
reacted too quickly and then didn't course correct or communicate with the community fast enough once they realized that they overreacted. It wasn't really an apology, more as him just saying, well, we failed to uphold our mission of bringing the world together through epic stories and storytelling. And then he reiterated that that's what their mission was. And it didn't really feel like an actual apology. It just felt like he was trying to say, hey, this is what our goal is. And we didn't meet it. And we kind of, we promise we're going to do better, but we're not really going to apologize that we harshly punished this uh, Twitch streamer. Because we don't really believe in freedom. The other thing he didn't mention at all, and we didn't talk about this when we talked about the BlizzCon thing, but it wasn't just the Twitch streamer that got punished and all that. Okay. The Twitch streamer was in an interview. The two people conducting the interview were Blizzard employees, and they both got fired. Oh, I did not know that one. I mean, the streamer has a bigger voice, so it makes sense as to why that. Why would know about the streamer right. and not those two? And the reason really? the Blizzard said that they got fired is because they were supposed to keep the interview on track and focused on what it was meant to be focused on, and they didn't keep him on track. They were encouraging him to go off track and talk about stuff that he shouldn't have been talking about. So that's why he got fired. But then after that, Blizzard made a public statement stating that all of their interviewers are encouraged to make the person they're interviewing feel comfortable and free to express themselves and that they don't want to censor their people. So all of their interviewers are trained to encourage them to express themselves and feel like they're free to talk about whatever. That all sounds very counter. They were doing what we trained them to do, but he ended up saying something we didn't like. So we fired them. Okay. That's a whole nother fuck up on their part then as far as I'm concerned. And he didn't mention any of that at all. Like he didn't apologize to the employees that got fired. He, when he was asked, BlizzCon after opening ceremonies, there was an interview. Somebody specifically asked him about them and said if they would be getting their jobs back or if Blizzard had any intention of further making things right with Streamer Dude. And he flat out said no, every action that they're taking on it has been done and that they're not revisiting it. Oh, they will. I feel like those employees have grounds for wrongful termination. They actually might because of these other interviews that have come out and they're Blizzard's own public record contradicting itself. They and it's mm-hmm. in California, so they probably do have some large grounds. I did say in our last podcast when we talked about this that they were going to flash D four and it would bring a lot of people back. Yep, and Overwatch too. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what happened is they flashed these shiny new games and a lot of people came back. But you guys were right. <laughs> It did still hurt them, and it is still hurting them because... And it's not hurting them because of anything Blizzard did. It's hurting them because Blizzard is a brand under Activision. So there's a lot of people who are still like, oh, well, it's Blizzard. But there's a lot more people who are like, well, Activision's been fucking up quite a bit the last couple of years. 2019 was a horrible year for their press. Like, all of their PR in 2019 was just negative. Activision is very quickly following the EA yeah. trail. So. But more so, there's a lot of gamers in our age group, in the 30s, that are mm-hmm. looking at it and saying, everybody who made Blizzard good and helped them grow their fan base and become what they are, uh, Morheim was the last one, and he retired after last year's BlizzCon. Everybody mm. who's left at Blizzard is, like, yeah, like all of the management there are post-World of Warcraft. They all joined Blizzard after World of Warcraft started oh. development. So, you don't have anybody who was there 
during like original StarCraft era, WarCraft 2 era, Diablo. Era. Well, you don't have anybody Diablo era because that was Blizz- Blizzard North and Blizzard North closed and fired everyone. Yes, they did. And that was dumb. And then they all went on to create another game called uh, Torchlight and Torchlight 2. And apparently there's now a Torchlight MMO. That's all I had to say on our previous reporting with Blizzard with their fuck up. He opened it up before opening ceremonies with a half-assed apology that didn't really feel like an apology and just felt like he got caught with his pants down and he was trying to not get arrested. Mm-hmm. It went from that into the cool opening ceremony stuff and then into the Diablo 4 trailer. Yeah, I didn't really care for it. I, I'm kind of over the Diablo thing. Like Diablo 3 is the last decent one, but Diablo 2, I think, falls under the best category. Well, yeah, because there's the Druid, but they brought it back for Diablo 4, yeah. so... Yeah, I was going to say, Kaiser, they brought the Druid back for Diablo 4. Are you going to go play it? Nope. But you totally said if they bring the Druid back, you'd be in there. That is true. You did say that. Uh, was that before or after they fucked their own ass? It was while after. we were talking was, about them fucking all, their own ass. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But it was also before that we talked about how they fired two employees. So that might have been enough to change your mind. I don't know. Well, I was wrong before, and I'm not sure why I said that. Um, I'm sad that I don't get to play Druid, but no. Opinions can change over time. <laughs> that, and that's why I asked him, like, are you still going to come back now that they announced the Druid? And he said no, so Mm-mm. there we go. No, I, yeah, I don't blame you. The only classes they announced were Sorceress, Druid, and Barbarian. Obviously, they announced the Druid because they knew that was going to be something shiny to dangle. Get people to stop paying attention to the Twitch shit. I didn't even know it was on. And I'm still mad enough that I have ignored anything that they've released as news, actually. Did you ignore all of the v- trailers that I dropped? Yeah. Whoa. Oh, she's more pissed off at it than I was. Wow. <laughs> Damn. I watched it on YouTube. So, yeah, they did still get some money from it through advertisements. But mm-hmm. I didn't pay for the digital ticket or use their service to watch it or anything. So they have to share those profits with YouTube. It was another evil organization, but whatever. Especially with the changes YouTube just did to their creators this last week. Yeah, I saw that in my email. I didn't pay any attention to it. I deleted it. I don't know what they did. I can tell you about it some other time. It's just really stupid. Yeah, we're not talking. Yeah, we're not talking YouTube right so, now. With Diablo 4, they announced those three classes. Had a really stupid looking trailer. Nothing in the trailer actually made me want to play the game. It didn't show Diablo. It showed Lilith. Like, cool Lilith. She's most Beasto's daughter, who fucking cares? Yep. Whatever, I guess you guys are gonna make her cooler than Diablo now because you've killed Diablo three times, and how many times can you bring the same MFR back? Well, since Diablo is, you know, the devil, I think that they can bring him back as many times as they want to, so if they're falling away from that story, then they're just fucking the themselves in their own ass again. he died, he was in the Soul Stone, the Black Soul Stone, when the Angel of Death sliced it apart, so... He should be completely dead. But there's a lot of people who are saying that even though Death was the one who destroyed the Soul Stone, by destroying the Soul Stone, his soul just escaped instead of being destroyed by Death, which, whatever. I'll be honest, when when I played it, that was the uh, impression that I got, and so I'm kind of surprised that they're not bringing him back in the fourth one. Yeah, he, they might be. All we yeah, saw was true. the opening cinematic true. where Lilith gets resurrected, and or where Lilith gets brought back from her prison, he could play into it. He might still be the primeval. He might be split back up into the seven demons. 
So we might get all of the demons back. We don't know. Is Kelsey Grammer going to play her ex-husband? Maybe. Lilith. That'd be awesome if they got him to come in and play, like, one of the angels. That'd be awesome to have him come in and play it just to say Lilith. I think Lilith was the demon in their lore that married an angel and created the Nephilim. So it would be funny if the angel that she married makes an appearance and is played by Kelsey Grammer and he's like, throw back to Frasier. All right. Yes, it is. Actually, you know what? I, I should throw that on my uh, streaming list too for our... From this trailer, I basically got the same impression from it that I did with the WoW trailer. Mm-hmm. And that is that the people who have taken over the Diablo franchise since Blizzard North was broken up don't understand what Blizzard North was doing that made Diablo 1 and 2 great. Because they fucked it up already once with Diablo 3. They were on the right track with Diablo 3 when they first announced it. Every character was supposed to have their own story. There was all sorts of like really amazing looking stuff going on. And then as it got closer to release, it was like they just kept calling features that they promised us at the very beginning and saying, oh, well, we decided to get rid of that so that we could keep you in the action more. And it's like, yeah, the action is what made Diablo fun. The story is what immersed us. But then Diablo 3, moving all the story over to conversations that you have... And that pulled me more out of the action than just having a cinematic here and there would have. Having to run around and find NPCs to talk to and then go through all their conversations and listen to them. And Mm -hmm. they're not necessarily easy to find either. Yeah. I love the Diablo story. I love the Warcraft story. I love the lore. Like, I went back and read a bunch of, you know, all of the, uh, the books that came with the games and whatnot so that I could get a better understanding of the world. And to fuck it up like they did, kinda... Kind of irritating. So, they obviously don't understand. They think it's all about action, and it's not. It's just, it's definitely about a story. All right, so let's move on to WoW. Anybody okay. got anything special to say about the WoW Shadowlands trailer? Uh, nope. Didn't watch it. Huh. It looked interesting, but I don't play WoW, so... I haven't played WoW since the expansion after the Wrath of the Lich King. I haven't played it since Wrath of the Lich King. Well, there we go. See? I haven't played it since Warlords of Draenor. All right, cool. I so... almost came back during Legion <laughs> because they brought Trillian back, and then I was reading about what they did with Trillian and Alaria when they brought them back. And you went, nah. And I said, holy shit, they totally fucked up both of these characters. You were like the guy in the orange coat. You go back to Burning Crusade, and you have conversations with Chris Metzen and Morheim saying, we were going to bring Trillian into Burning Crusade, but... We realized that the way that we have set him up in the books and in the lore, he would have been too powerful in Wrath of the Lich King. Trillian would have just been like, hey, Arthas, you're a bitch, and backhanded him into oblivion. <laughs> and then you come into Legion, and Trillian's still a badass. He's been fighting a war for a thousand years, but he's, I don't know, like everything that I saw, they like neutered the character, and they had all of these other heroes that have been helping you throughout the game on a higher pedestal than Trillian and Alaria. And I was like, I get that they haven't been around, but if you would have centered the expansion pack around them instead of Illidan, I think that the fans would have gathered around them because they're really cool. So that's why I ultimately did come back to Legion. I mean, I have my reasons I quit, which are, it's just a grind that turns into a second job and you don't have time to get anything done. I was pretty disappointed the fact they didn't bring Alaria and Tyrion back sooner yeah that did but that that bothered me because they were actually two of my favorite characters from in warcraft 2 beyond the dark portal trillian was 
but I was like, who the fuck is this Trillion guy? But the then I read that's the who. books. <laughs> Once I read the books, because he's not in original Warcraft 2. In the Tides no, of Darkness, he's not, he's not no, there. No, he's not in the so, Tides of Darkness. Him and Alaria were both introduced in, in Beyond the Dark Portal. And I think Alaria is in Tides of Darkness. But yeah, all of a sudden in Beyond the Dark Portal, Trillian's there and Uther's gone. And you're like, what? What the fuck happened? But then I went and I read the Tides of Darkness book. And mm-hmm. he's in the Tides of Bar- Darkness book. And it tells the story of how he ended up replacing Uther as the go-to paladin. Or the go-to knight who becomes a paladin. Mm-hmm. But so I quit playing because it basically felt like a second job and then it didn't feel like they were honoring their legacy enough that they were just trying to focus on things for like shock value to make people be like, oh, look what we're doing instead of saying, hey, they're doing great things. They're just like trying to shock us to make us think that they're doing cool shit when they're really not true. Like, oh, we're going to bring back Trillian. It felt more like a stunt than a natural thing that they were like, hey, it's time to bring Trillian back. We finally have a threat that's equal to his badassery. And then they bring back Illidan, and now Illidan's more powerful than the Lich King, even though he's been dead forever. It's stupid. With the All Shadowlands right, let's move trailer, on. <laughs> nothing about this trailer made me want to play the game because of that exact problem. Mm-hmm. You have the Lich King fighting Sylvanas, his entire army between the two of them, and then all of a sudden the army's gone and it's just the two of them fighting. Like, I remember Wrath of the Lich King. Getting through that undead army was a bitch. Yeah. Caught, like, there were sacrifices that had to be made. There was an entire, there were like two full raids involved in getting around his army at Ice Crown. Like, it was a big deal to get anywhere near the Lich King. And then she's solo, just walks up, kills his entire army, apparently, and then solo fights him and wins. Like, the whole reason that he had that crown to begin with is because even with the combined forces of the mortal races, they wouldn't be able to defeat that army if he took the crown off. Yeah. And then she defeats him, takes the crown off, and destroys it. Yeah. Like, she had the power to defeat this army that the combined mortal races wouldn't be able to beat. Oh, I was just gonna joke that that's the developer's wife's character. Oh, probably. I was gonna. That makes sense. I was actually gonna say, is this the is this Blizzard's version of going woke? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Strong female. In the game, they've been beefing her up like she's been getting power ups from old gods and stuff, but it still doesn't explain how she single handedly became so powerful. Because like these old gods are still getting defeated by the mortal races, so they can't be so powerful that they can power somebody up to the point that they can defeat the Scourge. Yeah. it No, it's just not going to happen. And then destroy the crown and open the path to the Shadowlands. I mean, that part was cool, but all of it just basically told me that once again, the teams that are working on these games have no damn clue what they're doing with the games. They just came up yep. with some kind of cool stunt that they can do and... They wanted to have an awesome fight scene between Sylvanas and Bolvar Four Dragon as the Lich King, so... And it looks neato. And it looked neato, so let's do it. And everybody who's seen it is like, I don't give a shit about Shadowlands, I'm going to keep playing Classic. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who are basically saying, like, screw your current, pa- uh, your current stuff, like, expand on Classic. Start introducing the realms that you were intending to put into vanilla WoW that you never did because you decided to do Burning Crusade instead. Maybe we'll finally find out what that portal in Stranglehome was supposed to go to. That still has not been revealed? 
No, the, the portal was there in vanilla, and then when Cataclysm happened, they removed the portal. Oh my god. Okay. So. Interesting. That's interesting. And then there's Overwatch 2. The trailer looked awesome for that. Yeah. That's not going to lie about that one. It actually made me want to play a game. That is the only one. That one was the one that made me want to be like, hey, I might actually buy it. So with Overwatch 2, all of the new levels, gameplay modes, and characters that are being introduced, PvP version, PvP side of the game, Mm -hmm. will be available to original Overwatch players. So if you've already bought Overwatch, you don't have to buy anything new to get access to the characters and new levels that they're introducing. Uh, but I am thinking about getting it because the one thing about Overwatch that I really wanted was a story. And that's the story mode. The PvE story mode is what you're paying for when you buy it. And it's going to be like co-op levels and designed to be played with friends in story mode. And that's what I really wanted with Overwatch. And it looked really good. And the whole, like the video, both videos played together made me really want to play that game. With this video, it sent one thing home for me, and this is the problem with Blizzard, and the only way that Blizzard's going to survive. Blizzard needs to give up on Diablo, Warcraft, and Starcraft, because the people who developed those franchises are gone. Yep. The people that are there now don't have any fucking clue what the spirit of those franchises were, but they created Overwatch. And they understand Overwatch, and they have done amazing things with Overwatch, and I actually want to play it because I can tell that the people who made it love it. It's a part of them. And that's the thing with these other franchises, the new developers, it's not a part of them. It didn't come from them. They're just going in and trying to imitate what some guy before them did and trying to do cool stuff. It's not from their hearts, but Overwatch is from their hearts, and they're doing amazing things with Overwatch, and I think that they need to stop developing these older franchises that they're basically just beating into the ground because they don't know what they're doing with them yeah the, do the something story's new. done just end it yeah say hey you know what let's do something new let's do a different action rpg that's not based in sanctuary and around devils and angels and all of that we'll still play it the fans of blizzard will like once they see the cinematic they're gonna be like holy shit blizzard's got something new i'm gonna fucking play it mm-hmm. people don't play the games because it's diablo or starcraft or warcraft they play it because it comes from blizzard but when Blizzard doesn't have the, when their developers don't have their full heart into it, nobody wants to play them. So that's true. That's my takeaway from BlizzCon. Is that all right. The only thing that was worth watching in BlizzCon was Overwatch Two, and maybe when it is actually released, I will buy it. I don't know. There's another thing that I forgot to tell J. Row he was right about. No. <gasps> What's that? Don't say <laughs> it. It'll go to his head. BlizzCon. It'll go straight to his thighs. Did not release the Diablo 4 release date. I don't I don't need more shit on my thighs. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> so mm. when asked what the release date for it is, the response was it's not even Blizzard soon. Oh dear. So Damn. It's several years away. So they definitely dangled the shiny in front of us, like you said. Yeah. Just oh wow. And it makes sense now why they canceled its reveal last year, because if it was that far away, yep, I would have canceled it too. <laughs> wait, wait, save it for later. I think, I think we're going to mess up here soon. <laughs> right? Pretty much. We're going to have another fuck up, guys, so we're going to hang on to this until uh, till we have another one for you. Yeah, and they'll probably announce the Necromancer the next time they have a fuck up. Yep, exactly. Hey, guys, more shiny stuff. More shiny stuff. 
We're bringing the necromancer back. We're going to bring the rogue back. <laughs> Who the fuck cares about the rogue? That's funny. Uh, so yeah, let's talk about streaming services, Jero. Take it away. Alrighty. So I really like to watch a lot of stuff on streaming services. So I suggested that we bring up recommendations, essentially, of what a show is and how cool it is and why you should watch it. Or I'm sure there's a lot that are still popular that are going to be on our list. But uh, feel free to listen and take notes. Here we go. That's it. Uh, first thing we were going to talk about. That's it? We're done? It. We're wrapping the bitch up already? Yeah, it's over. Oh, wow. Sweet. That was fast. Well, that's what she said. <laughs> the first thing to talk about is how to manage our streaming services or some fashion of that nature. Uh, Vixie brought that up and wanted yes. to talk about that. So well, I am going to let her pose the questions and then I can answer because I'm not entirely sure what she's asking. Well, the reason it came up for me was that I was talking to, I was talking to my flatmate and he and I share uh, a Netflix account. We're at the same address, so that makes sense. Um, so we, we pay for two screens and we split the bill. And he's decided that uh, he wants to perhaps try the, the, uh, another streaming thing, maybe Disney, if he can get it here. And um, he would cancel his Netflix, he said. And I said, wait a minute, I pay for that too. You can't just cancel that. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, so we had a talk about that. We we talked about how how do people um, decide what streaming services they're going to pay for, and do they? I mean, are they wealthy enough that they just get them all? Do they share the expenses with their family or friends, or do they turn one off and switch another one on and sort of pick and choose depending on their budget? That kind of thing. I actually find that kind of interesting because. The whole purpose of streaming services came about because people were sick and tired of paying, you know, exorbitant amounts of money for cable and satellite services, but only watching maybe a quarter of the programming and people being like, look, why don't you guys offer something where we can pick and choose? And they're like, well, we can't do that. Contracts out, da, 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 da. And so a lot of people started doing the cutting the cord thing and going straight to streaming services. And I, of course, fell into that. But now we've got to the point where there are so many streaming services, we're essentially right back up to paying 110, 130 bucks a month for streaming services. So it's actually a very valid question and a good point, and I like it. And I will say this is that we currently have Netflix, Hulu, and Prime. And our Netflix subscription is included with our cell phone plan. So we don't actually pay anything for our Netflix. Our Hulu subscription is the cheapest one, so we get the commercials and it drives me insane, but I don't watch Hulu enough to care. My wife actually watches Hulu more than I do. And then, as far as Prime goes, well, you know, we're, we're paying for the Prime membership so that we can, you know, have free shipping on stuff because we do a lot of our shopping on Amazon anyway. So, it kind of offsets that cost, too, since, you know, the Prime viewing is included with it. Now, uh, with the Disney Plus thing... I want to get it, but I don't want to pay for it. And so I told my daughter, who wants it, that if she wants to get it, she can pay for it. And she said she's probably going to do that. So so that that's that's my end of things. So I guess kind of to answer your question is it really just depends on your, not just your income, but also your situation and who all is paying for what involved in, in your household. So And now Netflix is talking about clamping down on that and stopping people from being able to share Oh, Bye. Netflix is bringing in, like, Netflix has invested hundreds of millions of dollars into an AI that can determine whether or not somebody is sharing their Netflix account. 
See, and for, for something like you guys, uh, Vixie, with your flatmate, don't think that would end up being too much of an issue because you're sharing the same IP address. So We are, yes. Um, I also, I mean, before I decided to go in with my flatmate, I was actually sharing my nephew's account, and he is paying from a different country because he travels a lot. So yeah. okay. that happened. That is, that is something their AI would notice. Yes, but he or, goes or between like, he goes between three different countries because of his job, and so I mean he's paying with his partner, and uh, I just happened to I don't log into his account anymore, but I was probably still be able to, but I I, I don't because <laughs> I pay for it now. <laughs> so I mean there are situations where they're going to catch people out, especially if they they don't know that's coming in. Yeah, like. Uh um, my, uh, my mini me watches it at my house and at grandparents' house, which is two separate addresses, two separate IPs, and it could get flagged even though it's the same person on the same account. See, and that, that's an issue I'll run into because when we signed up for our new internet service, we actually got a Roku like Roku Mini or something like that. It's just basically a tiny little box with that plugs into a TV. And I'll watch a lot of I'll watch Netflix while I'm out of town. I've literally run about probably twelve or fourteen different IP addresses through it. So yeah, that's a question I'd have to ask. Is like, well, this is my Roku device, but I move around here to here to here. So how are you guys going to do that? Maybe it's based on MAC address. I don't know. Well, e- even then, on on mine, it's separate TVs. So that's separate Mac addresses, even. Yeah, that's true. With as much money as they're putting into this AI, if it can't look at the pattern and say, hey, that's two different people at just at two different places, like they probably will have ways that the AI should be looking at dozens of different factors to determine whether or not this is a legitimate case of I've given my account information to my coworker or to my sister who lives in another city versus my daughter's got it, and she watches it in two different places. The AI shouldn't exist. I uh, I hope so. Or I'm a trucker who watches it at multiple different hotels. They'll probably be able... They're probably going to be looking at MAC addresses. Uh, your Roku, I'm guessing you can control from your phone? Yeah. So it's probably going to be looking at the order for the Roku to play that came from the same phone every time. That's very invasive. And the fact they haven't launched it yet after spending as much time and money as they have on it uh, kind of tells me they are still working bugs out, which you know gives me a little bit of hope. But also, uh, I think we've all been burned in the past by simple things like that, so who knows? Yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Yeah. I mean, it might just end up taking over our nuclear weapon system, killing us all, and sending Terminators back in time to kill John Connor in the first five minutes of the movie, by the way. I really hope that that happens. I'm so sick of this life. Sky Netflix. I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? Well, I didn't say <laughs> Sky Netflix. Yes. Oh, I love that, perfect. Kaiser. That's fantastic. I was just going to mention that I didn't see anybody recommending some of the other streaming services available, such as Crunchyroll or VRV. I actually got on VRV to look to see if there was anything on there that I recommended. And... There is, but I didn't put it on my list. <laughs> I mean, do you want me to recommend something from VRV? I can do it right now. Log Horizon's on there. Log Horizon? Yeah. You haven't watched Log Horizon? Man. I haven't even heard of it. 
No, there you go. I just recommended it. I'm very out of the loop on anything Crunchyroll or anime related. I, I shouldn't get too excited because uh, technically it's impossible to view anything from VRV in New Zealand. Oh man, that sucks. Hmm, doesn't it? Everything from the Boomerang cata- catalogs on VRV, so you've got like Garfield and Friends and Tom and Jerry and Banicula. I just recommend checking out VRV because... It's probably got something you'll watch. Like, all of the Looney Tunes are on there. I think all of Animaniacs is on there. Oh, I love Animaniacs. They're on Animaniacs, Tiny Tunes, and Looney Tunes are all on Hulu right now, too. So. Uh. All of the Rooster Teeth stuff is on there, and Rooster Teeth has a new anime that they just did that looks pretty cool, but I haven't watched any of it, so I wasn't going to recommend it. But it also has access to High Dive, which is a uh, streaming service for anime similar to Funimation. Hmm. There's some stuff on Funimation I'd also recommend, but I'm not going to because the Funimation app pisses me off, so I don't recommend using it. We all have some lists, so why don't we all start with that? Uh, who wants to uh, break the uh, yes. list? All right, I'll, I'll, break it. I'll break it with Cobra Kai on YouTube. The only YouTube that's probably going to be recommended on DudeCast. Uh, would it, and it's not even YouTube Premium anymore. You can watch it on regular YouTube now, so if you don't have Premium, you can watch it. Really, like, just with ads, right? Yeah, it just has the ads at the beginning and... Sweet. I'll check that out then, because I wasn't going to pay for YouTube Red, so I'm like, eh, guess I miss out. I wasn't going to pay for premium either, but then Scotty convinced me to do it, the Google hat guy. He's like, you should try (laughs) it. And then (laughs) I went and I tried it, and I didn't have ads anymore, and now I don't want to get rid of it, because... How much is that one running a month? It's like $10 a month. Mm, It's not too bad. I can come up with an idea for it. I will, but you know, it's. Re- I really just pay it because I don't like YouTube ads. Some of those are pretty good and worth watching, though. Yeah, I just it got really annoying when I was trying to do something on YouTube and all these ads kept coming up, and that's how Scotty sold me on it. He was like, "Go oh, give it a try," and then I was like, "Well, you know, it'll also get me access to Cobra Kai, and I want to watch that." So I gave it a try, and then I watched Cobra Kai, and then I my free trial ran up, and I was like, "Well." I guess I'm sticking around. <laughs> <laughs> they got you. Uh, Cobra Kai season one and two are available on YouTube. Season three is coming out soon. Not soon enough. Well, I sure should. I'm going to check it out if I can watch it on regular YouTube. I'll take the ads. I do have a complaint about Cobra Kai, and I'm going to tell you guys this right now. It does that drama TV bullshit where they have two characters who should know better making stupid decisions oh. just for the drama. Well, that sounds like they're just basing it straight off of 80 sitcoms. Like, Daniel and Johnny, there are multiple times in the series where they actually stop and have a decent conversation with each other, and that light bulb appears to go off where they realize, like, hey, we have this rivalry, which is kind of stupid, and then the stupidest shit ever happens, and then both of them just lose their brains and go back to before that conversation happened, and now all of a sudden they hate each other again, and... They're going to fight in Daniel's living room or that was the one thing about it that just pissed me off is that they just kept dangling that out there that Daniel and Johnny are finally going to become friends and then something stupid happens and we have drama. I'm not a fan of drama. I'm not a fan of super drama. If you can put the drama in there in a logical way, like in season two, when Daniel gets pissed off at Johnny because he finds out that he's letting Crease teach his students, that fucking made sense. One of the reasons that I, I like to have several shows on the go is because the drama stresses me out, and there are times when I just have to take a break and watch something else. Right. 
There was my first one. That's a very stark contrast to my list, so give us another one, Vixie. What do you got? Well, one that I wish I was paying for, but I don't have it, is Outlander. Okay. What's that one? It's, uh, it's a bit of time travel, a bit of romance. It's been going for a few years now. You can see it on the... I had to look it up. It's called Stars. You can get it on okay. Stars. In New Zealand, it's on a streaming service called Lightbox, which is linked to a company that I don't have broadband for, so uh, I would have to pay full price. Outlander is the show that I would pay for, but then that's it. I'm not really a big fan of anything else on that service, so. <laughs> but Outlander is actually good enough that I would want to. And it's the kind of show that you'd want to watch if you like. Strong females, rugged men. It's, get, it's a bit dark at the end of the first season. Really dark. It gets quite dark. And it's based on a series of books which were for young adults. But some of the content does not seem like young adult content. <laughs> I, was, I was actually about to say, first of all, on, the, on Cobra Kai, are there boobs? No. Okay. So on Outlander, are there boobs? Yes. Okay, because at least half of the things I'm recommending have boobs in them. So Cobra Kai was definitely uh, meant for the same audience that Karate Kid was meant for. Okay. okay. Outlander is also available in the U.S. on Netflix. Is it? <gasps> yep. I think it is, yeah, because, yeah, like, you said the name, and I was like... It's only, only like, uh, two seasons. Yeah, two the, seasons. I think there's four seasons out now. Well, you can start... I mean, if every one of our listener, if every one of our listeners were to listen and go watch Outlander, Netflix might say, "Wow, there's a surge in the U.S. Let's do the next couple seasons." But they can't do the next couple seasons because it's the stars is the one who produces it, and after they made that contract with Netflix, they created their own streaming service. Eventually, they're going to pull Outlander off of Netflix, but with stars, you can get it on Amazon Prime and Hulu for an additional small amount of money so like you can upgrade your amazon prime or your hulu to get stars i'd probably pay for it so yeah outlander so what is James outlander about outlander. it's about time travel and romance it's a there is a okay so there is a very strong female lead character and she uh she somehow ends up back in time and um she you know she's trying in to get Scotland. back home but she ends mm -hmm. up meeting a man and uh sort of falling in with all of the stuff that's going on in his life and she's trying to get back home to her husband god men ruin everything don't they and her husband is actually a descendant of the villain oh that's a twist part of what might tease you for the first season and um it gets quite involved I've, i watched two seasons before i stopped having access to lightbox and i've been seeing teasers for the the other seasons that have come out since for the last couple of years and i've still wanted to watch it hmm, cool sounds like a good compelling show then mm. i love show shows that are well done well at least this one has other people saying it's good as well because um if you remember my track record is of liking shows that nobody else <laughs> seems to think are worth it like voyager <laughs> actually vixie is the one who got me watching space above and beyond i think yes Oh my god, I forgot about that show. Oh, I loved that it. Was a, that was a Roddenberry show, wasn't it? No. God, that show was awesome. I own it, and I'm going to watch it soon. Anyway, I remember we'll talk about it, Space I've never seen it. Another time. Yeah, i got to find it and watch it, because, well, if I can find it streaming somewhere, I'm just going to watch it there. It's not streaming. It, 
They don't it's matter to the streaming. So old. I know. Oh. How, I know it is. I oh. know it's old. I take that back. It might be streaming soon. Oh. One of my one of the one of the shows on my list is, is extremely old. So it was a Fox show. So the it's I remember Fox. Mm-hmm. Which means Disney might stream it so soon. So it might be on the Disney Plus stuff. Yeah, that'll be interesting. That'd be cool. Oh. Hell yeah. Anyway, mm. uh, speaking of Disney Plus, I'll probably be getting it because I have Verizon Wireless, and they're giving everybody who has Verizon Wireless a year of free Disney Plus. So I really want to watch The Mandalorian. That's that's their flagship that they're basing Disney Plus on. They're mm. really pushing it, and I think it looks. It's not the flagship. It's just the flagship for Star Wars on Disney Plus, and it looks like Whatever. a shiny pile of garbage. So I'm I'm hoping it's not. Hey, J. Rowe. I'm cautiously optimistic about it, so I'm really hoping it's going to look that good. Let's talk about stuff that hasn't come out yet, and let's talk about what's on your uh, your recommendation list for the streaming. All right, let me scroll back up to my list because I've forgotten it. Oh my god! Uh, let's see. Let's just go with Jack Ryan. <laughs> Jack Ryan on Prime. They launched it. I am a huge, huge, huge fan. Okay. Of the How Jack Ryan of it have you ser- book series, I've watched all of the first season. Okay. And I've started into the second. It's everything that I had hoped it would be, to be completely honest with you. I can't say I've read, because I haven't. I listen to audiobooks. That, that's how I quote-unquote read, because I'm driving or I'm unloading trucks, so I can't, I can't read. On top of that, I'm not a huge reader to begin with. But I'll tell you what, I have listened to almost all of the Jack Ryan series. And, I mean, and if you don't know what it's about, it's essentially Jack Ryan is a... CIA analyst, and he just happens to get himself caught up into a lot of different situations where he has to more or less kind of start falling into the role of an operative, but not quite. It's it's really interesting, but based as, as far as the story goes and so far, as far as the Jack Ryan series goes, this has got to be the best I've seen. I mean, it beats pretty much all of the movies, even. Hands down. I, I don't even know. I love all the Jack Ryan movies, too, with the exception of the one with uh, Ben Affleck. Anyway, the creators of it decided that instead of following precisely the novel series, they started making their own storylines that fit into our modern-day society. But Jack Ryan was created like the early 80s or late 70s, I can't even remember, but... It used to be there was a lot of Russian involvement, kind of like how James Bond was, but now it's more Middle Eastern involvement and whatnot. But so this is based off a Tom Clancy novel. Tom Clancy series. It's his best-selling series <gasps> oh, that he had. I see. Uh, you've heard of the movie uh, movies like uh, The Sum of All Fears, The Hunt for Red October. Yes, I used to love Tom Clancy stuff. That's what the Jack Ryan series on Prime is. It's Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan is what it's called. All right, I am interested. It's a great series, and Vixie, if, if you liked it, yeah, you'll you'll enjoy this show. It's on Prime. It's a Prime original. I have been considering Prime since it is uh, connected to Twitch. Well, oh, yeah, that reminds me. Twitch. I'm about my Twitch Prime. I have those tokens that I'm supposed to be giving to somebody that I haven't been giving to people. All right, so Raven, you're up. I will have to start off with Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. Yay! Because it takes place in the same world as the Dark Crystal. Right. But before um, the Gelflings were wiped out. And it's a development into how they are uh, interacting with 
the Skeksis. It goes back to where the Skeksis came from, and I really enjoyed it. Awesome. It is on my list to watch. It's it's made by the same people that did the original Dark Crystal. Um, they brought them back. Well, almost. Uh, I mean, so, one of well, them's dead. So it, it's uh, Jim Henson, but Jim Henson's son. <laughs> Jim is, Henson's son is a necromancer. That's why he's such a great puppeteer. <laughs> but like everybody else involved is the same crew that did uh, the original Dark Crystal. Sweet. Is it the same quality as the original Dark Crystal? It it is. It is. And now I I will caveat that with if you watch them both, there's some things that don't add up from Good to know. the before time to the after time. It's very well done. And when when someone asked me what is it, I'm like, well, honestly, it's it's a giant puppet show. They're like, huh? I don't think I'd like that. I'm like, no, no, no. It's it's a Jim Henson puppet show they're like oh all right because you say that sooner because jim henson it has a quality behind it and they bring that in to everything that they do yeah they do sweet to kaiser do you have a list because you didn't share a list so i don't know if you even have one kaiser i'm sorry i was youtube what he mysteriously vanished He was Cobra was Kai asking, on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Cobra Kai, hell yeah. Um, dude, that show is so awesome. I love that show. But, like Johnny has like no he gives no fucks. It is so awesome. Anyway, uh, I was asking if you had a list. No, you didn't but I will one, confess so sure you earlier one. that I got really excited when somebody said Cobra Kai because I mistook it for Kung Fury. <laughs> oh, Kung Fury. Oh my god. I also recommend Kung Fury. It's not on my list, but go watch it. It's on Netflix. Oh my I god! I recommend that's it too. It is one of the funniest. Sh- I still need to show that to my two oldest <laughs> that's, kids. That's my list. That's it. Because I told them about it after I first watched it. What two? Have you guys seen the casting for Kung Fury two? Yeah, there's a second one coming out. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is going to be in it, and Michael Fassbender. Oh no way! Let me tell you the story because I was reading about this story the other day. There were a bunch of producers who came in and said, hey, we want to take this and we want to recast everybody and make it like a big budget thing. And David Sandberg, the guy who directed and produced the first one, was like, no, I want to keep giving the fans what they want. So I'm just going to do my own thing. And he took the money that he made off of the first one and he was putting it into the new one. And he gets a call from Michael Fassbender's agent who is. And so he has a meeting with Michael Fassbender and Michael Fassbender is basically like, all right, so I just wanted to let you know I saw your short. Mm. which is the first Kung Fury. He's like, and it was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen. And I heard you're working on a second one. I want in. I don't care. Like, I don't care what I have to do. I just want to be in it. Oh, that is awesome. So it was just Michael Fassbender was such a great fan of this thing that he was like, I've got to be a part of the second one so that they worked something out. And he sat down and he showed him the script that he had. And Michael Fassbender, like got the concept that was going on and like dug everything. And he was like, yes, I've got to do this. And then later, while they were working on something with this, David Sandberg's talking to his lawyer and his lawyer's like, hey, I'm, I know Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm like friends with his agent or something like that. And he's like, oh, well, do you think you could get a script of, to him and see what he thinks of it? And it was more of a like, hey, I just want the ego stroke because David Sandberg's from like Eastern Europe. So Arnold Schwarzenegger's a hero over there. So he just wanted that ego stroke of Arnold Schwarzenegger's read my script and said something about it. 
So he gave him the thing, and Arnold Schwarzenegger came back and said, I saw the first one, and I absolutely love it, and I want in on this. I didn't even know you were making a second one, and now that I know, I want to be in on it. So <laughs> that is that's awesome. how he got both of them, was they saw the first one and said, holy shit. Like everybody else, it's saw so the first one and said, holy shit, Triceratops, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, I love that show. Thank you for bringing that up. I compl- I forgot what it was called, so I was like, I wanted to add it to my list, but I could not for the life of me remember what it was called. So thank you for bringing that up, Kaiser. Cause yes. <laughs> yeah. And David Hasselhoff will be returning. Yes. So <laughs> there will be more Hasselhoff. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that. Oh, I love that movie. DJ turned me on to it, and yeah, dude, I watched I it about. Everything. I watched it about four times in a row. I, it was so damn good and funny and cheesy. It was everything that I love about 80s movies. Man, if I would have seen the Kickstarter for that, I totally would have backed it. But yep. I found it like the day after the Kickstarter closed. Oh, yeah. And I was so sad when the Kickstarter didn't make enough money for it to be a feature length because it was originally supposed to be 120, well, 100 minutes was his original script. But he didn't make enough money to make it to 100 minutes, so he did the short. But the short was still perfect. And like random shit. Anyway, so I guess we're back to me. <laughs> real quick, real quick. Everybody knows who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. Some people might not know who Michael Fassbender is. I mean, I would expect everyone <laughs> in our audience to know who he is. But in case they don't, his most prolific role of late is Magneto in the new X-Men series. He was also in Inglorious Bastards, and he's in a lot of stuff that I didn't realize he was in until after I watched First Class. Prometheus, Alien Prometheus, yep. Yeah, he's in a bunch of stuff. He's in a lot of shit, and he is awesome. I absolutely love him. He's he's a great actor, so. Yeah. That's who he is. DJ, take it away. What's your next one? The next one's called Kung Fury 2, the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. I love it. All right, my next one. Uh, this is taking too long, so I'm going to do two. Both of them on Amazon Prime. The first one is Good Omens. Yeah. Which is based Great off show. of Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman. The one big thing I can say about this one is it's a single season of six episodes. I haven't seen the last episode yet. It's short and bingy. You can binge that shit quick. Jade and I have been watching it over the last week, and we haven't made it to the last episode yet, but I looked it up. To see if there's going to be a season two. I didn't think there was going to be a season two, and there's not. No, mm. and that's because of Terry Pratchett being... Terry Pratchett being very, very dead. And um, Neil Gaiman actually wasn't going to do anything with it. They'd, they'd been talking about it for a long time because they were really good friends. And he wasn't going to do anything after Terry Pratchett died, except that he had... Um, not Terry Pratchett, that is, had left instructions to send a letter to him after his death, to say, hey, finish that thing that we were talking about. So he kind of <laughs> had to, but he really didn't want to. Yeah. I haven't seen the last episode yet, so I don't know how it ends. I'm assuming that since it's based off of a complete story and Neil Gaiman was heavily involved in creating the show, that they completed the story that it was based off of. But the way it ends apparently leaves it open so that they can go further places. And there's all these fans who are like, you can create a season two and go in all these different directions and all these cool things you could do. But Neil Gaiman's basically said, no, I'm not going to do any more. It's just a single thing. It's a one and done. Be happy that you got what you got. And there needs to be more of that where they say, you got what I intended. I'm not going to write more just because it's popular. Because too many shows 
get killed because it's like, oh, I intended for there to be like Supernatural. We intended for there to be five seasons, but here we are on season 15 and the show sucks because we didn't have a roadmap. So we just kept coming up with new stuff as we went. And now it just makes no sense. Well, he really isn't going to because he always saw it as his joint project with with Pratchett. Without Pratchett, I don't think he has any passion for working on it on his own. Without Pratchett, I don't think that he could work on it because a lot of the humor that was in it Mm. is not Neil Gaiman. It's Terry Pratchett. Well, it was actually because Terry Pratchett was working with him to help him do uh, his first book. And that was what they produced. It was really Neil Gaiman's entrance into being an author you can tell without terry pratchett it will not be good so it's like what i was saying earlier with wow and all that it would be somebody trying to imitate the spirit and not really understanding it so it wouldn't be good so i'm glad that they're going to stop it at one i like that idea that it's a one and done that's good the next one i'm going to recommend is from amazon prime it's carnival row with orlando bloom like good omens i have not finished watching it (laughs) i need to check it out i've seen previews for it uh I've seen previews and heard uh, heard good things about it, too. Yes, same. I saw some trailer. All my stuff on Amazon Prime, I watch like an episode or two of it, and then I move over to anime or something else to watch with Jade. We've been watching these together. Carnival Row, I think we have two episodes left. It's not for families. There are some very interesting sex scenes in it. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Boobs. In the very first episode, there is a dude who hooks up with a pixie hooker. And while they're having sex and she's about to orgasm, her wings start fluttering super quick and she lifts them into the air. And then she has the orgasm while they're in the air. Like it's super crazy. Awesome to watch sex scenes. That sounds amazing in real life. I wish that could really happen. Yeah. Orlando Bloom's in it. So you see his ass a couple times while he's banging chicks. Yay. So if you have a thing for Orlando Bloom, you can like fantasize that he's, I don't think it shows his junk. No, his stunt double ass is what I was going to say. Uh, maybe it is his stunt ass, but <laughs> if I was Orlando Bloom, I would show my actual stunt, like my actual ass. Like, that's just me, though. Flashback to another uh, episode. Go. You know. The last one, the trifecta. Bloom was not on any of our lists. So. Not that one. Not that one. The other oh, one. Oh, but you know whose list Orlando Bloom was on? Jade's. And... Mm. Let me tell you, she enjoyed those scenes. Wait, I shouldn't have said that. I need to keep my mouth shut, that's all. Alright, so, so so Vixie, let, let's get let's move on to you. Those are my two Amazon Primes, so I'm done with Amazon Prime. I would like to point out that Netflix has actually a good uh, range of foreign shows that I have access to. I don't know how many of them are also in the, um, in the US. I think all of the foreign shows are. At least most of them are. There's a lot of them. I have quite a few foreign shows on my list, um, which I enjoy, and I've been going through... Wait, hold on. Hold on. Are they foreign to you, or are they foreign to the US? Okay. I'm talking, like, Asian shows, and Russian shows, uh, things that are in a non-English language. I just want to establish that simply because of the fact that you're... Technically foreign to us. You're foreign to us, but right. we're also foreign to you. So I, I wanted to establish that More so that people know. More I would say foreign language shows. Non-English speaking. Yes, subtitled. Okay. Okay. All right, cool. I like that. That's or good. Or badly dubbed. Mostly subtitled. 
Uh, but one I would highly recommend is a Russian show called Better Than Us. It's okay. a futuristic one. It has robots in it. Well, androids, sex bots as they call them. Yes! Wait. Yes! Wait. Yeah, uh, yeah okay. Sex it's bots. Actually, Do it. It's actually kind of, I mean, it's not too gritty, but it's kind of cleverly written, I think. Um, it kind of, it sort of has the veneer of a family show, but some of the is themes it, are deeper than that. Is it kind of pertinent to how sex robots are starting to become a major thing in the world, especially Japan? No, it's really got very no? little okay. to do with the sex bots. Oh, okay. Um, it's actually about... That's a shame. <laughs> it's actually about um, one particular robot, which is kind of a prototype. And you know how you've got the the robotic laws that stop them from being able to harm humans and have... From like I, from iRobot. Yes, exactly those. No, from uh, Isaac Asimov. <laughs> so it's kind of uh, exploring um, what would happen if you were to have a bot that didn't need to follow those laws but evolved in its own way. Okay. Uh, but I don't want to give away too much if you want to watch it. It's... Well, no, don't, don't. That's the whole thing. We're trying to tease people into this. <laughs> That's on my recommendation. <laughs> but I, I would also throw out some other shows, like, check out those Korean shows. They can be, so, oh, they're so stressful for me because they are full of drama. And there's some cool flying fight scenes because Asians like it when, like, yeah, I say Asians like it when their heroes can fly, but then so do Americans, just in a different kind of hero scenario. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't like my heroes flying, which is why I'm a Batman fan, but... That too. But apparently, as Americans, we're actually in the minority on that. Most people like Superman. But if, right? <laughs> I, I don't like Superman. It's like one of the few things me and DJ agree on is Batman's the best. Didn't they sort that out with mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman? And yeah, nope. until, unless, and you Batman ask Superman, unless you ask a Superman fan, and then, uh, then they go on some other half-cocked bullshit Look, answer. Look, all Batman and, versus Superman figured out was that they're friends because their moms are named Martha. That's right. Why did you say that game? All right, Vixie, carry on. Samurai Gourmet is a silly little show about some guy who's who gets too old to work for his corporation in Japan, so he has to retire, and he gets lost and doesn't know what to do with his days, so he starts going to have food and beer in the middle of the day, which you can't do when you're working all the time. Oh, my God. It's, it's like a show about a guy, an older guy, who is eating and drinking, and then they throw in a samurai. Let me just leave that one up to, uh, to you to discover. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. Silly and feel good, I guess. Get to eat and drink during the day? Yeah. Shit. Okay, uh. yeah. I'm, I'm sold on that one. I'm sold on that it's, one. It's pretty goofy, but it's fun. <laughs> Love goofy. <sighs> All right, next. All right, Raven, you're up. All right, for, for silly, I will say, as a movie, Monty Python's Holy Grail, as mm. a... Series I was to that down. watch, I would say Gurren Lagan. Oh, <laughs> Gurren Lagan. Because it it is silly like and over it? the top and just about everything they do. Machine, big machine, bigger, yes, uh, bigger, wait, biggerest, bigger than that. That's a synopsis. Yeah, it's pretty much yeah, That's insanely accurate, genius actually, in the way that it handles. <laughs> 
pretty good a synopsis. major event in the plot line that makes you hate the way the main character deals with it, but it needs to happen. You're like, this is taking a dumb turn, but it's genius in the way that it's written. The plot twist pays off in the end by showing how the character has grown when a similar event happens right at the very end. All right, so Gurren Logan, that's a good one. Okay. On Facebook, my profile picture says kick logic to the curb and do the impossible. Mm-hmm. And it's got the Gurren Logan symbol on it. And I had Is that what that is? Yeah. Yeah, Team Diagram. Okay. I've not watched it. Sorry. That's how I Team Gurren rolls. Like it's it's right. one it's of those things that to me when I watched I it because I was still in high school at the time. Sorry. It like yeah, kept me going. To. Like it's fucking inspiring. It gets me pumped every time I hear the, the like the, the music from it. It's an amazing show. All right, I gotta watch it with I gotta watch it with Lizard then. Okay. The actual quote from the show is "Kick reason to the curb and do the impossible." But whoever made the picture that I'm using used logic instead of reason, so it's a little off. But it's perfect for me the way I like it. So whatever. But that's what it is. Gurren Logan is my favorite anime for for a lot of the same reasons that Kaiser just said. Also, its character Kamina reminds me a lot of me at one point in my life. Believe in the me that believes in you. It's just a super inspiring show, and once you like really get into it, it just makes you believe that the impossible can happen. And it's it's a very positive show with a very positive message, and it is silly and over the top every time you turn around. Damn it! Now you guys have made me decide not to go watch it. Never mind. Positivity and tragedy. <laughs> awesome! Great recommendation. Thanks, uh, Raven, for that recommendation. And Kaiser. Do you have anything else, Raven? Are you good? Or uh, I, th- I have a whole list if you want me to pick and choose from. He did two. We're doing two right now. So you oh, two. Okay. Kaiser. Okay. I didn't. I, sorry. I'm sorry. God. Sorry. I would say since I was on Prime last time, the first of my two recommendations here would be The Man in the High Castle. Their last season is coming up soon. Uh, it's basically an alternate of what would have happened if Germany had won World War II. But, with a fun twist to it, is that there is dimensional travel involved as well. So, the, the show largely is based around Japan and the Reich occupying the United States because we lost the war, but there is film that is being smuggled through some kind of an interdimensional drift of some kind that is showing when America actually won the war, and it's inspiring, essentially inspiring a an uprising or, or a, a resistance to start fighting back against Japan and the Nazis, and... It's got some great twists and turns to it. Their last season, like I said, is coming out, so I'm really excited for it. It's a great brain game, and I love it because it makes you think. And it doesn't pull punches. No, it does not. I've, I've, when I first started, I started watching it before you. I think I'm actually the one who told you to watch it. Yes, you did. I started watching it, and it's like in the second episode, they straight up gas a family. Yes, they do. And it's that was heart, heart-wrenching. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, the they introduce you to the family. They've got you believing that they're going to be important. They're going to be around for a little while. And then they George R.R. Martin them. No, it's tragic. And they Auschwitz them. Yeah, they Auschwitz them, yeah. And, and, and really, and in all honesty, you sit there, think about it, and you're watching it, and you're like, oh, they're going to pull through. It's going to be okay. And no. It, they're going to find what they're looking for, and they're going to decide to let this family go. 
and it shows them and then the mom of the family with the two little kids is just sitting there like she knows what's about to happen and mm-hmm. they take them into the room where everything's covered in plastic and yeah then all of a sudden it's like next scene they're telling her brother that they didn't get what they needed in time and his sister and niece and nephew are already gone and yep like it's a spoiler i'm sorry that it I is spoiled a spoiler that impactful moment for you but it was the first season so and episode two so and it's powerful that that probably is what really screwed in the screws of me watching the show because i was like holy shit they really did they really went there oh man i didn't i didn't think they were gonna go there and they sure shit did and damn it, it's such a good show it really is um so check that out if you're if you're alternate universe slash history buff i'm i'm a huge history buff especially about world war ii so it drew me in pretty quick i i love that show so uh check that one out if that's uh if that's how you feel so so what's your second show or movie it's called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil, and Vile. And it's essentially a, you can call it a chronicle or a, a dramatized documentary, essentially, about uh, Ted Bundy and his wonderful rampage of killing people throughout the U.S. It's about two hours long. It's a quick run through, you know, very abbreviated story of what happened while Ted Bundy was on his killing spree, but what it does is it focuses on his side, not in a good way, but his side of the story along with his girlfriend and how they met. Yeah, don't don't spoil it. It's really fucking good. I mean, it puts you into a a state of wow, how on earth like a great example of it is, is that he was caught here in Utah and specifically in Murray, and he got away. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that part of his story. And it just kind of leads through all the times he got arrested and was put on trial um, and all that kind of stuff, and it finally ends in Florida, which is when he finally gets convicted because they're like, we're not going to let this shit go. So that movie, by the way, is on Netflix. Yes, it's I a Netflix just original. added it to my list. I can, I can actually see it. And then the next thing that leads into it is a series called Mindhunter, that it's a dramatization again, but it's completely based on a true story, and it follows the guy who started the FBI's behavioral analysis unit. Thank you. Um, and basically, it goes through. He was married and was a happy in a happy life, but he realized serial killers have something that makes them tick. So he went in to interview all these people to figure out what the hell. He essentially created the ability to profile serial killers, and it ruined his life. Wow. Him, I think he had a partner, but it's mostly his story about how they started the BAU. And it's it's crazy, it's sad, it's it's intense. So, uh, yeah, it's a great show. So, I haven't finished the whole... I think it's, we're in season two now. I haven't finished all the way through it, but it's, it's something. It's good. It's made it to my list because apparently this is a 92% match for my interests. Well, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> me, 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 me. I feel like I've personally gone through it, so if anybody else wants to add some, go for it. If not, I need to you know. do a cue because I need to dip out for a store run. Go for it, guys. Guys, guys, guys. Well, not counting that one. One, two, three, four, five. And I can go through them quick. They're mostly anime. Okay. Here we go. Shoot. All right. So, first of all, not anime, Altered Carbon. Light it's a sci fi show. And. <laughs> yes. Hey, you skanked it from you, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. I was actually about to do that one. 
All right, long story short, uh, yeah, they figured out how to move a soul into a hexagonal for... hot pocket that you put to the spinal column of a new body. People are immortal, and it has implications for the super rich who can afford infinite immortality. <laughs> yup. They use the same technology to go between planets, BTW. A hot pocket, I love it. Altered Carbon Season 2 is going oh, to shit, have we're watching. All right, Matthew next, Garlic on. Big, bigger, bigger, bigger. Oh my god, Mob yes. Psycho 100. Yes. Another anime. It's a boy with insanely powerful psionic powers that don't think that that's oh. what should define him. Okay. VRV. Don't watch the live action Likely one, on though. Crunchyroll and other weird. places, but VRV is where I do it. I like the way VRV does okay. their business model. I support okay. them. It's a guy, insanely good animations. So, Mob Psycho 100, insanely powerful psychic, doesn't let it define him. Awesome story of self-improvement, and, and the relationship between the characters is amazing. It's it's very good animation. The effects are incredible, uh, funny, and this is one of the only anime that I have watched where it's an insanely overpowered protagonist done right. Like as you go through, you're like, all right, nobody can beat this dude. He's stupid powerful. Mm. But every time That's there's rare. an enemy, you doubt it. Yes, complies with the get through at least four episodes before you make a judgment kind of thing because it starts off how really goofy. All right, next. It's anime, that's how it works. <laughs> Ancient Mages is yep. right. by the way. Yes. It's just yep. Weeb Beauty and the Beast. Very Miyazaki, Studio Ghibli. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, very good, though. It has that sort of Princess Mononoke Castle in the Sky vibe to it. It's, it's super good, though. Redline. Uh, Redline is a movie. It's F-Zero, but it's also Fast and the Furious, and there's a Trans Am. Nice. I like the Trans Am. It's animated. It is an entirely hand animated movie it took 10 years to animate yeah i'm recommending like top shelf stuff i'm not going you know for just stuff Sweet. Uh, speaking of which sort of the stranger another anime movie okay. basis of this one is that firearms and the chinese yeah. are in japan and a ronin with a chip on his shoulder is pulled into rescuing a punk kid from a ritual sacrifice best animation i've ever seen it's except maybe samurai champloo like it's right there with it it just doesn't have uh rap music playing as everybody fights and that list is up in dudes only <laughs> nice there it is cool where do we where do we find these ones at kaiser most of these are going to be on v- vrv altered carbon on netflix ancient magus's bride i think is on vrv and funimation gurren logan is on netflix as well yes gurren logan's on netflix okay cool sword of the stranger i think is also on funimation i think that's where i watched it all right Cool. My lightning round. In my lightning round, I'm going to do the order net on Netflix. It's uh, about a kid who joins a mage's order at the local college because the leader of the order supposedly killed his mother or was involved in his mother's death, and he wants to take revenge on him. So he ends up joining the order, and it's like the Order of the Hermetic Rose or something like that. So he joins the order, and then there's like some fucking werewolves and shit in it. It ends on a stupid cliffhanger, but season two is about to... Really stupid cliffhanger, by the way. That was the dumbest ending fucking ever. But season two is going to be coming out in the next couple months. So I definitely recommend watching that one so that you're caught up so you can watch season two when that comes out. My next one is also on Netflix. It's The Umbrella Academy. Oh, yes. It is really fucking weird. And there's a lot of dumb drama in it that pisses me the fuck off. But overall, it's... Every one of the characters is well-written. They changed some of the stories for some of the characters from the graphic novel it's based off of. And again, 
it's season two is coming soon. Yay. And then I had Altered Carbon, which I was going to put on my list because, again, season two is coming up in the next couple months. It's got Anthony Mackie playing the lead in season two. And for those who don't know who Anthony Mackie is, he's Falcon in the Marvel MCU. And other than that, I'm not really sure what else he's done. That's my lightning round. Vixie, go. Okay, so some options for if you want like nonfiction kind of stuff and feel good kind of stuff. Queer Eye, any of them, but definitely the We're in Japan Queer Eye, which is only four episodes and it's just amazing. And the Explained series, they're still releasing new ones. It's a series of mini documentaries um, just explaining various things like um, billionaires or... Gosh, I can't remember what other ones I saw. Computer programming, things like that. Athleisure. I'd never even heard of that term before, but apparently it's huge. Weird. (laughs) But, you know, it's (laughs) kind of light enough that you can just sort of watch these and in the background if you're doing other things like I do. I I cook with Netflix on. And I would also suggest She-Ra and the Princesses of Power for family viewing. It is an animated show. And it is surprisingly fun to watch as an adult. And season four just dropped. That is, I mean, <laughs> at first you think, no, this isn't really me, but you can leave it for the kids. Um, but, you know, if you watch it, it's got good writing in it and uh, you can you can actually get into the humor. Alrighty. I did not say the big one that I think I should leave for, J-Road. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know what one that is. Oh, I didn't know you were going to throw that one at me. Ha <laughs> ha. Raven, your lightning round. Go. My lightning round was uh, I Zombie. <gasps> I d- I just like the the different take on the zombie apocalypse. That's fun. I like it too. She's a New Zealander too. The main actress. Oh, is she. Yes. Okay. The into anime we got Sirius the Jaeger, which is um, vampire hunting, and uh, it's very well done. Um, Dragon Prince, also family friendly. Oh, it's on my list. Um, it's, it's a good story. It's a good feel good story. It starts off in a dark place. The two princes, um, their, uh, father gets assassinated and then the reasons for the whole war are found to be wrong and the kids are trying to bring everything back into balance. Edo, or ID Zero, it, Brings in some of the same concepts that Altered Carbon does with the uh, conscious transmission into machines this time. and But into a machine, not, not into a hot pocket that goes in the spine. Uh, but if your body dies while you're cast into the machine, you get stuck there. Or you can intentionally just not go back and get stuck there. But that's illegal, but... It follows a group that falls outside of the legal basis, and most of them are these machines, and that takes place uh, with um, AR uh, conference rooms that they can all meet up in. And Carmen Sandiego, the new animated Carmen Sandiego. Is that good? It's good. Uh, I actually started watching it with my daughter because she wanted to watch it, and it starts out with the becoming Carmen Sandiego, how the character started as not, and was a child raised by the Vile Academy, and progressed into how she became Carmen Sandiego and what she's actually doing. 
which is not what you initially think of if you go back to the old where is Carmen San Diego stuff. What you think uh. from that is not the direction that they go, but it's a good direction. Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Uh, most of the Moggy series, I've watched three different series in the Moggy series, and all of them are very good, and I recommend all three of them. Lightning round over. Can I get a, another jab in, actually? Yep, go ahead. Stick it. <laughs> Lightning strikes twice. And Kaiser, Lightning round two. Kaiser, stick it in. Put it there. I was going to mention right the there. movie Elite right Battle Angels. <laughs> the new... Oh, yeah. uh, the the new one, one or the anime? I don't know. You and I watched it. Did you stream it? The anime is kind of a movie, too. I'm sorry. I don't know where. You can stream it on Prime, probably, by renting it. I mean, it's free for me. Disclaimer, my sources are legitimate. So I guess it's not really free, but... No, it's a very good adaptation of Alita, um, which I haven't looked into until that movie came out. But it's... I loved it. Her appearance is... Sorry, I'm getting motionless to lean down toward the mic. Um, her appearance is a little off-putting at first, but like the as you get to watching it, it just fits in the setting. Yeah, yeah, I got used to it pretty as a quick. Neophyte I thought going it into this, I'm like, oh, they I made her eyes animal. That's uh, marketing, but no, it's insanely good. Yeah, felt like a good Tron. It was explained. That's all that matters. I like that addition. All Alita right. belongs oh. on every list. Alita Battle Angel is available on Voodoo for three ninety nine to rent. YouTube five ninety nine. Amazon Prime five ninety nine. Right. Google Play five ninety nine. And those are all streaming services. And it's worth buying. So it is. Don't yeah, don't it do is that. worth. Buy it's it. worth buying. Right, buying it. And definitely don't get it illegally. No, no don't do that don't ever. Do that. We don't ever recommend getting anything illegally. Definitely ever. not. I mean, the- <laughs> <laughs> we have a ninja in our group, and ninjas don't like pirates. Yeah. She's a race trader. I love pirates. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. All right, J Ro. Lightning round, J Ro, go. Another oh, life was. Time. <laughs> oh, bye. Think, thanks for listening, guys. Peace out. Uh, Just kidding. Lightning round, go. <laughs> All right. So, Vixie was punting uh, another life towards me. Uh, I thought it was a great show. It's a great sci fi series. It's on Netflix. I like Katie Sackoff. I have since Battlestar Galactica. I watched, and then also at this uh, Fanex that I went to uh, in the fall, I went to her panel, and it was wonderful. I liked learning about her as a person, so uh, it kind of made me like it better. It's got some weird things about it, but overall, I like it as a sci-fi show, so it's a good one. Go watch that, especially if you like sci-fi, and if you like Katie Sackoff and strong female leads. It's a garbage scow, by the way. That's what I think. Yeah, garbage DJ scale. thinks it's a garbage scow, even though he's the one that told me to watch it and said that it's pretty good, but, you know, whatever. No, it's a garbage scow. It has a lot of potential. I hope they take what they did glaringly yes. wrong in season one and they fix it in season two. Uh, here's hoping. I think they will, based on what Katie Sackoff said in her panel. <laughs> on to my next lightning round, The Last Czars. It's on Netflix. Very interesting how it's done. It's a dramatized historical documentary, but then... They have breaks of historians actually narrating and and talking about specific things that are going on over it. It's a, it's a very interesting thing. I wasn't sure about it when I first saw it, but I actually really like it, and I hope that they do a season two because it's awesome. Basically, it's about the Romanov family and how they came to lose their power and how uh, Vladimir Lenin rose to power. It's interesting. It's a fantastic world history show. I'm a huge fan of dystopian stuff, so 
I'm going to throw a couple at you. Jericho. I think it's about 12, 13 years old now. Only had two seasons. Great show. Basically what happens when strategically placed nuclear weapons go off in the United States. It's a great show. It's dystopian. It's awesome. Uh, there's another one between. It, it's a Canadian show. It's only got two seasons, but instead of being a worldwide dystopian situation, it's actually concentrated into a town in Canada that's been infected with a particular kind of virus. Had some good twists and turns. I don't think they're going to do another season of it, but it was pretty good. I liked it a lot. And then The Last Ship, which is available on Hulu. Uh, it's been out for a while. It's uh, about five seasons, I think. Came and went. That ended about two years ago. It's based on a novel. It's about a virus that wipes out a lot of the world. And on this ship is a doctor who finds a cure for it. But then it also then starts going into it how terrible humans are to other humans based on what they have and what they don't have. The Twilight Zone, the original series, is streaming on Netflix. It's wonderful because, well, it's it's the original Twilight Zone and it messes with your mind. And lastly, The Haunting of Hill House, also based on a novel of the same name. And it's about a family that uh, lives in a haunted house and some weird shit happens to them. It is on a hill. If you if you can't believe that it is well, on a hill. Hey, it says Hill House, but maybe it, the family's name is Hill. No, actually, their name isn't. Uh, the The name of the house is Hill House, and it's on a hill. That's why I had to check. Was like, yes. is it because the family who originally owned it was called the Hill family, and they didn't actually like it was ironic they didn't live on a hill because that would have been funny. But that that would have been fun. But this show is not fun. It's it's very. It's, okay, it's uh, you know, I mean, I wouldn't classify it as scary because I, I watch quote unquote horror films and I classify them myself as uh, thrillers. Thrillers, so. yeah. But anyway, it's a thriller. It's, it's really good. I enjoy it. I love ghost story type shit. So there it is. That is my entire list. So there we go. Man, that was quick. Do I have time for like two more? No, I don't, but I'm going to do it anyway. Here's <laughs> the deal. These next two, they're super adult shows do not watch them with kids yeah by the way the last are do not watch that with kids there is not just boobies in there i'm not going to give you any information about these two i'm just going to say the names i'm going to say hey i recommend these next year in 2020 yeah we will talk about these more the first one is on amazon prime it's the boys (laughs) i haven't finished watching it yet what i've seen of it so far it is super gory hyper-sexualized, like, yeah. The second one is on Netflix. It's called Big Mouth. I'm not going to say anything more about that one until next year, but I do recommend for people who are all about very crude adult humor, go and watch that. It's Mm. animated. It's on Netflix. Alrighty, there it is. As I just said, and I said at the beginning, this is our last episode of 2019. We will be back at the beginning of 2020. (gasps) New decade. Yeah, whole new decade. New decade. I'm going to fire all these guys, get new friends, everything. Oh, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Just kidding. Kaiser, Kaiser, we barely knew ye. (laughs) You're still kind of mysterious. He's he's deafened us. He can't hear anything. He's mysteriously AFK right now. Yes, he is. He's gone. (laughs) So we are done with you. Kaiser has taken off for the beach. He's not coming back. (laughs) all righty cool we will be back in early january 2020 probably january 3rd maybe hold on let me look at the calendar real quick 
No, January 3rd is a Friday. We will not be back January 3rd. We will mm-hmm. be back. The following Friday. We will be back sometime in the first 10 days of January. There we go. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Look forward to us talking about Star Wars Episode Nine at that point, which is probably a dumpster fire because that's what I think about every movie. That is true. You need to come up with a different rating system. My old boss taught me this rating system that was, it sucks, go see it, or it sucks. And that's kind of what I just go off of. It's a dumpster fire, or... I had the same boss told me the same thing. In my case, it's just everything's a dumpster fire. And you know what? Dumpster fires can be fun to watch. That's true. That's true. Maleficent was not such a dumpster fire. It was like watching a dumpster that hadn't quite caught fire yet. So you're like, come on, what's... <laughs> the first or the second one? <laughs> uh, the second one. I haven't seen the first one. The second okay. one... It, there was just so much boring. Anyway, that's beyond cool. the scope. We will. That is DudeCast 2019. We will see you for DudeCast 2020 in about a month and a half. Alrighty. Merry Christmas, happy birthday, everybody who's got some. Also, yeah, all those happy birthdays. Happy Thanksgiving, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, something about Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. Uh, happy and New happy Year. Happy New Year. And there's this Boxing Day in there somewhere. So, oh, yeah, Boxing Day is right. It's the 26th. It's you right after. You do Boxing Day now? Some For people, the people do. in New Zealand that listen to us because you're on the show. And I'm happy half Canadian, so. Happy barbecue happy, season. Happy uh, Black Friday for the people who are out there. Stay safe. Don't get killed. And What other holidays can we throw out there? This episode will be the day after Veterans Day, so thank you for your service. Thank you, veterans, and we have two on here, two U.S. veterans on here, DJ and uh, Raven. Raven so. doesn't count. I count more than you do. You sat in a chair. No, I, I got mortared. I almost died. That's all that matters. I went out into Iraq, and, and I almost died. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we will love Mortar you gets- and miss you until we, we're back again. Yeah, I will miss all of our fans. We'll be on Facebook and thank you for listening nobody else is on facebook and by 2020 we will have more social media stuff up including twitter yeah i'll believe that when i see it (laughs) promises i'll believe it when i see it i actually tried to set up our twitter when i was out of town and i could not figure out how to do it on my phone not even lying so i was like i just gotta get back to a computer (laughs) maybe by 2020 jayro's gonna have a laptop that he can work on when he's out of town (sighs) happy holidays everybody and we will see you next year Bye-bye. For an extra long Star Wars episode. Bye. See you later, dudes. Dudes. Bye, Raven. Later. You know who I'm going to miss for the next like month and a half? Me. What's that? Dude Link terminated.